Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. So, Mark, you had something you wanted to talk about in regard to Costco and some rotisserie chickens. Right. It doesn't seem like much news, but I think it's, uh, you know, Free Talk Live does like to talk about rights theory. Absolutely. A great deal. And the question is, is, uh, you know, if you have a cerebrum, do you have rights? And, you know, sort of some questions. Wait, so regarding this topic, you're going to straight wing it? (laughs) I don't know why I would, you know, stop it at, you know, having a cerebrum. I, I don't know that I would. Okay, but I, uh, I'm you know I'm I'm interested in all theories surrounding it. Um, I have decided for myself that animals that can recognize themselves in a mirror have rights. Um, you know the think therefore I am thing. I, I'm a well. That's that's been fundamentally dismissed by Nietzsche more than you know a century ago. A brain doesn't think. You don't think. Thinking is something that happens to you. I'm of the opinion that. Until you're capable of standing up for your rights, you don't have any. Fine, you aren't capable of standing up for your rights. So, if you might don't have is you. right. Is your well, position as, as far as animals are concerned, right? Like, like humans being capable of thought and you know all of that kind of a thing and imagination, right? Might be a different story. But as far as like you know, farm animals and things like so, the fact that I can you know. Me- overpower and kill a cow means that it has no rights if you can't recognize yourself as distinct and different from other creatures then it like and demonstrate that that's so then why in the world would i take any time to recognize any rights because rights are non-existent right like they're they're not they're ethereal right um they and far as i'm concerned they're a function of self-ownership but self-ownership can't exist without self Well, this goes back to the AI question that we had. To me, it doesn't matter if a thing can assert its rights. It's on me to respect those rights and to treat it with compassion and dignity, whether it asserts the rights or not. Well, there's a difference between respecting a thing and then believing a thing has rights. How can you respect it if you don't allow it rights? Well, for example, uh, I don't know. uh, Think about... uh, Native American uh, America before, you know, colonization. Uh, the Native Americans would respect, uh, you know, packs of wolves, for ex- for example. Uh, you know, territory, stuff like that. But did they necessarily recognize that these animals have rights? Same thing with the buffalo. They would follow them around. They they would respect, you know, nature, so to, so to speak, and say that, okay, we're not going to just go over there and slaughter the whole herd because we depend on that. So we'll only slaughter the slow ones or the one that looks lame and, and that kind of a thing, help them thin the herd, but also feed ourselves, and then make sure that they use every part of that so as not to, you know, so as to respect nature as to instead of violating it, knowing that they did need to kill to eat. There is a rapid cultural shift that is going to take place throughout today and overnight. And tomorrow is going to be a completely different festival. But we're talking here about animal rights. And it's way too early in the morning for me to try to put too fine a point on things. And I've made the argument plenty of times in the past. So if you want, you can, you know, search our archives for Aria gets pedantic over animal rights or whatever. But I'm of the opinion that... We should treat animals as though they have rights, right? Uh, To me, it's just discrimination on the basis of species to suggest that animals aren't humans, therefore they have no rights. It's the same thing people said. It's the same thing that slave owners said in, you know, antebellum America. Well, they're not white. They don't have any rights. To me, 
discrimination against the basis of animals is just the the latest incarnation of that arrogance, that egotism that is rampant throughout humanity. She refused to recognize anything that is different as equal. Different, but equal. All I know is that I think Mark's too chicken to get into the topic, but he'll keep pecking at it. Absolutely. <laughs> but I realize that I eat meat. I just ate meat, for example. So I think this just makes me immoral, but that is my position. It would be like a... A slave owner in, you know, antebellum America say, you know, I, I recognize that having a slave is immoral, but I'm going to have one anyway, which some of them like um, Thomas Jefferson did. The suit alleges that Costco intentionally breeds its broilers too large um, to stand in their own factory farms and dis- the disabled birds die slowly from hunger injury and illness now not all the birds die from this thing the disabled ones do um and this is true mind I mean, I you thought you wanted to get through the three paragraphs before we wait in but go of on. the free free range chickens uh, uh, which i have raised <laughs> they are also basically disabled they can barely have to they can walk a few steps then they flop back down see because i've seen chickens out on farms and stuff like that especially in the south and none of the chickens that i've ever seen in person at one of these places could possibly have produced the gigantic chicken breast that you see in the grocery store at Walmart. Sure. Those things are absolutely pumped full of steroids. There's two types of chickens. There's egg layers, which is likely what you're seeing um, hopping around and doing their things. And then there's, um, and you can eat those, obviously, after they get to be like two years old. And then there's uh, the broilers, the ones that are made for food. And those can barely walk. They, they're basically nine weeks when they're slaughtered. And it's uh, yeah. See, this is where this is where I, I I generally don't mind genetically modified organisms, right? I think it's yep. perfectly fine until you get to a point like this where these these chickens they're talking about the broilers they are effectively genetically modified. It was done through a long period of breeding and trial and error stuff sure. like that. But it's essentially selection the is the right term. Well, Costco's gotten a reputation around its chickens. It uses it as a loss leader, and some people swear by them. They say they're better. It's probably seasoning. Um, and, you know, these sorts of things. So once you get successful enough, then other people will begin to rip at your clothing to tear you off the mountains so that they can then take your place. And that's what's happened with the, the Costco yeah, chicken. So far, I'm getting the vibe that this is, you know, we've heard the animal activists, you know, story before in several different ways, whether it's, you know, some laboratory performing experiments for, you know, you know, against disease or whatever and that kind of a thing. So I, I'm, I'm getting that vibe from this. But go on, Mark. Yep, in 2021, Mercy for Animals, I wonder what their uh, main concern is, uh, filmed undercover scenes of injured chickens in a crowded factory. Um, Of course, the healthy chickens, not as interesting. Um, On one of the farms, the video led to a story from a prominent New York Times opinion writer titled The Ugly Secrets Behind the Costco Chicken. Um, Probably as they were munching on chicken as they uh, wrote the story. So this is, you know, basically Why do the you sum just total. assume everyone is a hypocrite. I think that, um, you, it, well, for one, you're not going to stay vegan long, right? Like uh, the, the the life of them some, seems to be quite short. Um, you know, they, they 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 it's like they're they they flash out and say, "Hey, everything is important," and then you know they collapse because, frankly, it's not a healthy way for to exist. You didn't run a factory farm, right? You ran a a normal farm. The conditions of these factory farms, you seem to be portraying this this idea that, you know, people are just taking Monsanto and Tyson and Costco out of context. You know, if you ignore the the 5,000 living chickens, 
you it's the 1,000 crippled, disabled, dying ones isn't really that bad. I don't want to excuse that because what they're doing is still immoral. It's still tantamount to enslavement of animals and torture of animals. I don't know how long um, it takes them to go find the chickens. I know that the practicalities of life on a farm are such that an animal may suffer for a period of time. I had one pig. George Washington was his name. Uh, he uh, broke his hip. And I don't know how long his hip was broken. Did you make him wear like a white wig? <laughs> he was a, a largely white pig. Uh, I have a, a question. So we're talking loosely about animal rights yeah. within the context of these chickens, and we've mentioned it before. So outside of the human construct, right, or humans themselves, you know, if, if tomorrow Mother Earth wiped humans off the planet, who is there to recognize and give animals their rights? Well, I think the vast majority of domesticated animals will simply perish. Roe versus Wade has been overturned by the Supreme Court. And I've got an interesting article here from NSNBC about how contact tracing can be used to prosecute people who leave for other states to get abortions. And I love this concept because the liberals were all about the contact tracing, you know, a year and a half ago because it was to prevent a pandemic. And we said, no, we don't, we don't want that because that information can later be used against you if you're doing something the government doesn't like. And lo and behold, not even two full years later, they're like, hey, we could use these contact tracing apps to find out that, you know, Janet left Mississippi to go get an abortion. Yeah, these, the contact tracing apps and then the social, you know, whatever we were calling those, the things that China rolled out, the social credit apps, like these apps have so many features built into them that, of course, other people are going to find purposes for the individual features, and we're going to eventually have them rolled out to folks in the United States of America because of that. If we're going to have states and they're going to claim uh, you know, violence, that's what their job is, right? Like they, they don't mind doing it to us. Well, the reason they don't do it to each other is because there's consequences, right? Ultimately, we can see that. They, they come after us because we're peaceful. They don't go after each other because they're not. Right. I just want to be clear here because I was under the impression that you were a peace act advocate. I would like states to be peaceful. Location data can show if a person visited an abortion clinic. Payment data can show if someone paid for a procedure. Well, that's a banking issue. If, they, if you pay in cryptocurrency, then there is no such data. Well, banks, um, the government, uh, or banks, but I repeat myself. Yeah. Messaging data can show if an individual talked to friends about getting an abortion. Again, use encrypted chats, Signal, Telegram, all of these are great. Wire is also acceptable. Yep. I've talked to people who are like, I just don't want another messaging app. I like my iPhone messaging, what, iMessage or whatever it is, and I don't want to use another. I don't need to fill my phone up with this stuff. And I kind of understand the position. I don't like the, um, you know, the confusion that goes into this stuff, but SMS is basically a postcard. It can be read by anybody who um, can get a hold of that stuff. It yeah. isn't difficult, though, to, to install Signal and set it as your default messaging app. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. 
I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Hardware manufacturers should build privacy into their devices. So when you buy your iPhone or Android device, uh, you have ultimately all of the control as to whether or not you want location services to be broadcast or not, depending on what it is you are or aren't doing. There are manual ways to get around that. Faraday bags, for example. You can put your phone in a Faraday bag, turn it off, and generally speaking, you're good to go. That doesn't mean your history is unavailable. The other thing uh, outside of the devices is that uh, government, no matter what flavor or variety of government, should have no ability to access any of that whatsoever. Certainly. But, I mean, the, these private... I, I don't expect Samsung or Google or any of these others to take my privacy seriously. I feel like that's my no, response. it's too valuable to them. Yeah. Well, no, it, whether or not it's valuable to them is irrelevant. It's my responsibility to take privacy seriously. It's not, it's not your responsibility to not look into the wide open curtains in my house. It's my responsibility to pull the blinds before I get naked, right? And this is why I'm creating the Edge phone. Is this going to be similar to the to the McAfee phone that he envisioned a number of years ago? I don't know anything about the McAfee phone. Perhaps wait, I just need to uh, wait. Is uh, it going to be it? like the uh, like the senior citizens phone, where it's like twice the size, really big buttons? That would be useful for like, me. In literally, particular. all it does is make calls. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one is going to uh, um, allow you to to spoof your location. I think it's very important. I think changing the oil is probably easier than rooting a phone, honestly. Do you change your own oil? No, I pay someone yeah, to do it. Changing, changing oil is relatively easy, especially if you have the syringe to just suck it out of there. But um, Right, but even the capable but pay point, somebody else to do it. Yeah. Well, my time is valuable. I, I agree. But if you use a syringe, that doesn't replace the oil filter, right? I mean, that, it's easier to just get under there and twist off the oil filter, right? Well, you've got to drive it up on something. You have to have the, uh, okay, yeah, the blocks right. to drive it up on. And well, I mean, or put it up or on a jacks lift or, or something. something. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that I pay people to do. And if I wanted, if I had a phone that I wasn't comfortable with, like my phone here isn't rooted. Um, kind of don't have a choice on that one. I mean, I'm under federal restrictions here. And it's also not worth it to me. Right, so you've got more spyware on your device than the average person does. Right. Court-mandated spyware. Yeah. No, I have no court-mandated spyware. Anything that they're listening on my phone, they, they got through a, through a secret warrant or something like that. Oh, right? wow, okay. So I'm lucky in that capacity, but it does me no good to have a rooted device because I can't take advantage of any of the privacy benefits or anything like that. I can't even use Signal, right? I'm using plain SMS to communicate with people. So what the hell good is having a rooted private device going to do to me when all of my communications are non-encrypted? Right. So, you, I mean, you're right. It, it may be... Rooting your phone may be more like, you know, replacing a timing belt than it is something like that. But I don't know that the average person shouldn't be able. There's a major self-sufficiency problem here in the United States. I, I kind of think Do you the think people in other countries can root their phones. States, especially the conservatives, ones that want to outlaw abortion. They do want to make it illegal somehow. For you to leave one state and go to another in order to get an abortion, which is... And that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It would be like saying that, oh, you know, because this state has uh, recreational marijuana and this, the state that you're in doesn't, that you can't go across state lines and purchase recreational marijuana. I think that's true, though. I, I don't think you can, and you certainly can't bring it Absolutely back. Absolutely you can. 
Well, uh, certainly not bring it back. Um, no, I, I think you're violating. You're, you're I've, violating I've some down, law. That, I'm not saying it's it's justified, but I think they do have some law in the books. Because I used to live in a dry county, and you would absolutely get pulled over for going to the county line liquor store, buying some alcohol, and bringing it back. They would pull you over, so and they would arrest my you. My experience has been this. I drove uh, in a New Hampshire licensed car and a New Hampshire driver's license. I drove to Massachusetts, where they have a recreational marijuana store. Uh, they had actual policemen uh, as sort of bouncers, if you will, yeah. on the entrance, checking your ID to make sure that you're over 21. I showed them my New Hampshire ID. They said, hey, welcome. And I went in, I made my purchase, and then I left. Well, that's the people in Mass. Uh, Mass isn't going to prosecute you because it's legal there. Right. But if a New Hampshire cop or if a New Hampshire prosecutor had known and was able to prove that you went to Massachusetts in order to buy drugs and presumably bring them back, whether or not you brought them back, I believe they and, the, and they cared enough. I believe they would attempt to prosecute you. When I was in high school, our music teacher was arrested because he was planning to fly to Thailand and marry some, you know, fourteen-year-old girl or something like that. So I mean, and he hadn't even done it. Like he was, and that's not illegal there right. in Thailand, right? right? He wasn't violating any of Thailand's laws, but the United States still arrested him. And well, there, there's still countless examples of them arresting people for, you know, flying to this place to engage in this activity that's illegal here, but not there. So right. they and already so, do it. And so the issue is, of course, is is the privacy, right, with which you conduct these things. And in, in my example with the bands. You could have just done that, and in the days before cell phones, nobody would have known. I mean, you would have probably told your friends, and venues would have printed posters, stuff like that. But because of the advent of cell phones and tracking technology and all these apps and GPS location and all that kind of stuff, it's very easy for an organization that you didn't give any permission to to track you and your location and where you've been and what you've done. It's very easy. The amount of data, uh, this was brought up uh, by uh, one of one of our other co-hosts uh, to me the other day. Uh, and he said the amount of data that is being broadcast from your cell phone on a daily basis, even if you are conscious and you're aware and you try to take responsibility for that, that information and not broadcast as much, is immense. The amount of data Absolutely. you're broadcasting on a daily basis is immense. And then now multiply that by basically the entire population of planet Earth. Well, I, I've been touring all over the country and other countries for a long, long time. Uh, I kind of woke up to... All the things happening in the world that were beyond my scope of vision back in the end of 2006. And I started writing songs about freedom and anti-war and just anti-political corruption. And I got the attention of the Ron Paul campaign. I started touring with the campaign and opening for Dr. Paul at major events. Uh, I think we did about two dozen major events with him. And, and i just been you know playing at liberty rallies, protests, festivals for, for many years. Um, I also do, I also have a technology company. We do you know, blockchain technology-based initiatives, and we're working okay. on a, uh, a home education, homeschool blockchain platform right now called Firefly Education Network. And, uh, yeah, just, just trying to, to strike at the root of the tree of tyranny uh, at the education system because they have control of all of our children's minds. Right. So that's, that's, where, the, that's where I'm focusing my, my efforts right now. I was just here at Porkfest this week and did a couple of shows and just had a, had a wonderful time just talking smack about the state. Nice. <laughs> well, there were a number of musical shows at the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year. It was surprising, right? I, I don't recall ever seeing this many. The most I ever recall really seeing was down there at the pavilion. It was like one of these one of these one-off musicians where they do the drums and the guitar and the vocals and all of it. And none of it's really very good. It's just a, it's a, it's a neat little oddity that someone is doing the three instruments at once. 
Did you ever figure out what it was about this particular song that was so unique that got people's attention to the I, extent that it did? You know, I, I don't know, man. It, 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 they, they censored the song so hard that like every, every outlet, like I would see the views go down. They okay. would they would get to twenty eight thousand and they'd be at twenty six thousand or or they might never get like I mean like there was no reason for these views to have been so low on this particular song. I've got other songs that have hundreds of thousands of views. This song never got above thirty, okay. And I was on fifty different shows, at least fifty different shows with Angela Clemens, who's the head of his foundation, and we just spread it far and wide. And and but the video on I think on Facebook it did get. Was it almost a million views? It was like a, close to a million views on Facebook before they took it down. And what and was I, their reason for taking it down? I mean, did they give a reason? I know often they don't. Community standards, <laughs> or, or they say something vague like that. They they never give me reasons. I've been shadow banned on most social media platforms. Like I can't even advertise on YouTube or any Google platforms. As soon as they see my name or my email address or anything related to me, they will immediately shut it down. Have you seen the memes lately where it's like, hey, if you need to go on a sudden camping trip and you need to go to a state that's very friendly to camping, I'll give you a ride and I won't say anything. That's a really good way to get charged with conspiracy people. So just so you know that out there, you're not being clever. And it won't hold up in a courtroom if you're like, no, we were going camping. First of all, that would be perjury. What does camping mean? It's it's slang for you're going to go find somewhere to get an abortion. Yes. It's okay. code, if you will. It's the internet meme code for, hey, I'm going to go somewhere where I can go get an abortion. Well, um, I suspect that that somebody has to, to uh, take the bullet on this one. There has to be somebody arrested so that we can have a case, so that we can finally run it up to the Supreme Court five years later to well, find I'm out certain- whether or not it's legal for um, the for a state to say, you aren't allowed to leave our borders and do something that's completely legal in another state. Well, this is bound to have happened, right? I mean, there, there have certainly been people who have been arrested for these sorts of things. It almost certainly has had to have happened. But I, I, you know, I'm doing a show here, so I haven't had time to look into it or anything like that. But I, I would suspect that that precedent has already been set. I did see a publication uh, put out an article with the headline, I'm paraphrasing, something along the lines of, since the Supreme Court's ruling, here are the states where it's legal for you to get an abortion. Frankly, if you want freedom from New Hampshire or the U.S. government or whomever, you're going to have to pick up and move and go find a place where there's less of it. Well, none of that's really going to give you privacy. The, the issue here is, you know, people carrying their cell phones and using them recklessly, allowing Apple and Amazon and Facebook to just mine the hell out of their data. That's not really the government's fault. And what these people want is they want some government bill that will protect them from these corporations doing that. Because surely if anyone cares more about your privacy rights than Facebook, it must be the American government. Well, that's what the Democrats think. Democrats think that the government will save you from corporations. Republicans think the same thing, right? That they wanted uh, the government to yeah. go after Facebook when they're like, Facebook is banning conservatives. So, I mean, conservatives think exactly the same thing. I think that in, as much as anything, they were pointing out that um, that particular corporation is liberal and it is has the right to from be. From Palo Alto. I, I'm not claiming otherwise. They said it didn't. They what? wanted the government to require Facebook to allow them back on their platform. And you illustrate my point. 
almost precisely. It's that it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on when it comes to Democrats or or uh, Republicans or liberals or conservatives. It's that everybody, with the exception of probably libertarians, seems to have this knee-jerk reaction to almost everything that the government should solve the problem for me. Why aren't they doing something about it? When the answer should be, look within yourself and ask yourself, what are you doing about it? HBO has made a series or a movie or a documentary or something. It's a documentary series, near as I can tell. About anarchists in Acapulco, New Me- in Acapulco, Mexico. Tell us about this, Captain. Yes, so frequent listeners of Free Talk Live are probably already familiar with things like Anarchapulco. Uh, I know Free Talk Live has been to Anarchapulco. You Multiple paid, times paid I visit. emceed the first one. Yeah. And so uh, it... This actually popped up on uh, the social media that shall not be named, Mr. M. Efferberg's platform. Oh, okay. Uh, from uh, Amanda and Larkin Rose, uh, posted, for the last five years or so, our friends uh, Kim and Todd have followed the anarchopolical community, the anarchists connected with it, and become our friends along the way as they documented the story of the ideology of total freedom and its community forming around it. Uh, they have spent these years getting to know us and have collected hundreds of hours of footage from five years of interviews at the recurring event, Anarchapulco, uh, which, of course, they were speakers at uh, and have been, you know, participating in for five years. So a very public post, very heartfelt. Uh, from the rest of the post, I'm paraphrasing, of course, it's just really sure. long. I don't want to spend all segment reading it. Uh, they claim that it's not only been edited and produced uh, you know, not by HBO, but that it's also not a hit piece. Unfolding over six years, The Anarchists chronicles a strange and deadly series of events. What begins as an impulsive one-off gathering turns into a full-on annual event, growing in size and attracting sponsorship from cryptocurrency companies featuring speakers such as Ron Paul and Bitcoin investor Roger Ver. And when rule-avoidant freedom activists come together in one of the most deadliest or dangerous cities in the world, utopian ideology collides with the unpredictability of human nature. Relationships are fractured, rivalries are forged, and ultimately, lives are lost. It's tragic. I mean, that that, that did happen in Acapulco, and uh, we had someone here on the show, I think, last year, who told us a story about that. I mean, it's it's tragic it, what happened there. Jason Henza. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, my fear, of course, is that it's going to focus around like, oh, this event led to this. Well, right? it's got to have know? drama, right? Like, Otherwise, no one would be interested. Sure. Well, I didn't watch Tiger King because of his libertarian principles, right? I watched Tiger King because it was about a gay sex tiger cult, and <laughs> I was sold from that point on. And then, then he was trying to, you know, hire a hitman to to kill a woman. And, you know, you got to have drama in order to have a sales pitch. I mean, yeah, Acapulco had plenty of that. Well, and that's that's kind of where I'm going is that I know that there was other drama. So, you know, hopefully that's not the entire focus. But uh, it continues and says the uh, with intimate access to the main players, the anarchist features candid firsthand accounts from Berwick, the reluctant figurehead of the movement. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.